Welcome to the At The Hive Podcast, part of the SB Nation network of podcasts. On today's episode, we're going to put a bow on the preseason. We're going to talk about the awesome thing Michael Jordan did the other day. We're going to de- we debut a new segment for you, and then we look ahead to the start of the regular season. Let's get started. podcast as always i am jonathan and as always i'm joined by zach zach how you doing i'm very good jonathan the best sport to ever be created is about to start it's the biggest professional season next week and i'm uh stoked about it biggest professional season because it's the nba man it's the <laughs> nba where the the best players in the world play okay. the best sport in the world I thought you were talking about like the best, the biggest season for the NBA is starting this season, uh, or is this? Season? Yeah, no, I think there's some qualifications on that. We've got no KD. <laughs> We've got um, the Warriors at kind of half mass for the at least until March or April. So it'll be an interesting season. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are really good. And we don't expect it. And especially where the Hornets are coming from in the East, I think it's going to be a crazy (laughs) ride. The East is for sure going to have at least one team that's just like, these guys aren't any good at all, but somebody has to be the eight seed. Yeah, my money's not on the Hornets, though, my friend. My money is not on the Hornets. (laughs) Mine's not either. But the Hornets, they wrapped up the preseason on Wednesday night, five games down. Uh, Regular season starts next week. General thoughts from the preseason. I liked how they played. They played fast. They played together. They're aggressive. Um, not they're not good, but they're fun. They played as a team. You could even see that on the sidelines. Like take away the actual gameplay. The sidelines. They were jumping up and down for people when they made uh, good plays. When the team was winning, although that was not very much. The um, once they, they were won, really the happy time. about winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, like during the game when they yeah. had to leave. Yeah. My so I, was, I like that they're playing as a team. When did you see the bench reaction when Robert Franks made that three to I, thirteen nothing run? I, I did not. What what what, uh, what are you referring to? So you know what I'm talking about, right? The 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 three pointer he made to pull the Hornets within three of the Pistons with like yes, 50 yeah. seconds left. Yeah, he hit that three, and as he was he did like as he was pulling it up, like all the bench put their their hand up in the air, and he made it, and they're all jumping up and down and <laughs> hugging each other, like they're going crazy, like they're winning. It's like a real game, and this is with a two way player making a three pointer at the end of the last preseason game. Which is cool, which means they're invested. They're, there's a case to be made that these people could be playing for stats or minutes, but they mm-hmm. seem to be invested in, like you said, playing as a team. Yeah, so I, which is good because I don't know if we can expect, I don't think it's reasonable to expect a lot of wins this season. I know the team showed like little, little bursts of competent play and little things to give hope, but 
I think the best thing we could root for is a team that's fun to root for. That's Whether entertaining that be. to watch, yeah. Yeah, and enter- entertaining to watch, and then with full of people you can pull for. Like, I don't want to watch a team, like, even if they have, like, an interesting style of play, it's not fun if it's a bunch of, you know? Like, they're a bunch of kids, like you said, that are playing for one another, and they seem to really like each other. And that's that's fun. That And they're, they're mostly a young team, um, mm-hmm. although there are some veterans on the team. Uh, we're going to get to kind of uh, uh, a fantastic the, section that we have. The, the, yeah, the individual performances, yeah, we'll get to later. Right. Yeah, but even the some of the veterans seem a little energized, seem a little happy to be around this young yeah. team who's got some spunk in it. Yeah, they they're being they're being used differently like Cody Zeller's being more of a been more of a fulcrum offensively, not just, you know, setting screens and disappearing like he's actually touching the ball and moving the ball and being trusted to make decisions. Marvin Williams was given seemed to have more of a a role with the ball in his hands and stuff like that. Bismack Biombo's catching passes left and right. He caught all sorts of passes. <laughs> Terry Rozier clearly didn't read the scouting report ahead of training camp and just was like, here you go. But credit to Biz, he made it pay to off. I'm play like that, you know. I'm yeah. happy to, to – I want him to do good, although, you know, it's, it's sometimes <laughs> not in the cards for him. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I think the preseason show – like, all right, I'll ask you this first. Did anything in the preseason make you think the Hornets, like, improve your projection for the Hornets this year? Because I think we're in the same boat of thinking they were going to win around, like, 20-ish games, right? Like, 15 to 20? Yes. Yeah, and the answer is no. You're not seeing okay. any type of scheming. You're not seeing the full uh, playbook for these teams. Um, although there was some play that was encouraging for the most part, we didn't play very well, and for the most part, we were beaten pretty handily by yeah. these teams. I think the team struggled defensively, and I don't know if that was a function of them. One, it's the preseason, so even the young guys are not going to just human nature are not going to be able to get themselves all the way up for it. And a little extra energy might help with the defense. And an extra, and more reps with the the rotations and stuff, but I just think a team full of young NBA players is just always bound to struggle defensively against other NBA teams. So I because defense is usually won through experience. You yeah, have to know who's going to take it baseline. Specifically, when they were playing the Seventy Sixers, Ben Simmons seemed to abuse a lot of the younger players. Yeah, just because he knows how to put his body weight in and make certain turns that you just don't know yet how he's going to play. Yeah, it's a lot of yeah, like, a lot of experience, a lot of communication, and whenever, especially at that level, if you take a half second to think, try to remember what you're supposed to do in a situation, it's already too late. Like you it, just have to react correctly. Yeah, I'm just gonna do a talking head thing right now and say that the speed of the game is so fast for these yeah. players to not been on there. You know? But it is, yeah, and yeah. and I think that defensive. Those defensive struggles, I think, are one of the main reasons this team is going to struggle to win games consistently. I think there are, like Terra, like there's, there are scores, and I think they're they're capable of offensive outbursts, like we saw against the Grizzlies. But I think they're going to be that they're going to be outbursts. That's not a sustainable path of play forward. So yeah, and that win against the Grizzlies is kind of a win that I don't want because <laughs> that's the team. Those are the teams that we're racing to the bottom for. I know that sounds 
bad, but I'm thinking about years ahead. We want the best draft pick, and the Grizzlies are in the in the race for that that top lottery ball, so that they can get the first pick in the draft. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter in the preseason, but that's where <laughs> my head went to. Yeah, well, I've I news for everybody that's probably going to be who most of the wins are going to come against are going to be teams like the Grizzlies and the Cavs and the yes. Knicks and stuff like that. But I think the my favorite thing from the Grizzlies game was it made me feel like, all right, it gave me hope in the sense that this season might not be so bad. Because for a lot of the Celtics game, apart from the one big run they had and the 76ers game, it was like, and the Heat game too, it was like, oh no, I don't know if the Hornets can win a single game. <laughs> Like they, they looked so lost. They they were giving up open layups and open three pointers at the same time. Somehow, like who nobody was guarding anybody. They weren't making shots. They looked just they were throwing the ball out of bounds more than they were throwing it to each other. And it was like I had this team just might go zero and eighty two. And I as much as I can, as much as I'm an optimist, I don't know if I could stomach that. But then the Grizzlies game came around and they played well. I was like, okay. So at least they can win occasionally and they can look good for spurts. That will be good enough to hold me over in between the times where they score like 12 points in a quarter, which I'm sure they're going to do plenty of times this season. Not to burst your bubble or anything, but Justin Jackson was a DNP. Valanciunas was a DNP. So they weren't at full strength and basing like even a little bit of hope on these preseason results can be a fool's game because we don't know what the game plan is going to be when it actually matters, when the buzzers actually buzz and it's for real. Yeah. And I trust me, it didn't give me much more hope for a lot of wins or success. It was just more of a, all right, it's, there'll be some entertaining basketball played this season, which is all I can hope for. The trio of Washington bridges and bacon really fun to watch. They're really mm-hmm. fun to watch. You know, they, they play together, at least in the preseason, they play together a lot. Washington got to start a lot of these mm-hmm. games. He might and, start the regular season at this point. I mean, why not give the kid some time? Why not? He's, he looks ready. What else? Yeah, and he can he can hit the outside shot more than I thought. Yeah, and Terrio's here too. Terrio's here is fun in that he's so flashy. Like... Kimball Walker is a great ball handler, but it was a very functional type of ball handling where he was he would use his quickness and control of the ball to get where he needs to go. Terrazier likes to make it look really pretty with everything he does with his the between the ball handling and like the really high floaters off the glass and stuff like that. It's just a lot of oohs and ahs. Yeah, and you can see the double-edged sword on that too. Oh yeah, you and you can definitely see where that turns into a six turnover night with 25% shooting. <laughs> Um, anything else you want to talk about with the preseason before we go to break and come back with our new segment? I, I really don't have anything else to say. I, like I said, there was some interesting stuff that happened during the preseason, but you don't want to read too much into it. Exactly. All right. We'll be right back after some advertisements with our new segment. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a 
happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. It's time for for the At the High podcast. I should tell you that we're still on the At the High podcast, and it's time to debut a new segment. Zach, are you ready for the new segment? I am. I've always been ready for this. I hope you are, because you you named it. it. It's called. This segment is who's buzzing and who wasn't. Get it? Oh, great! You really got the Z's in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I told you I had to make it clear the the pronunciation. But uh, it's basically like a a stock up, stock down, winners and losers, whatever else you want to call it. Section where every episode we're going to talk about who has played themselves up and who has made a bad name for themselves in between the times that we record this show and we're going to debut it today and judging players between when they weren't playing and after the preseason so do you want to start it sure yeah yeah i've got a really good one for this i think because think? i have a buzzin somebody who was buzzing who's buzzing miles bridges oh we already know that miles bridges is the future of this team the the for whatever it's worth, the face of the franchise, along with Rogier, he had. Did you notice that he had eight blocks in in these five preseason games? I noticed he had like three or four the last game, I think, or one of the games. I didn't notice he had that many across the entire. Yeah, and I what I saw from him was two things. First of all, a willingness to be a big part of the offense, which is mm-hmm. what he has to do, and two. Just to get in there and and to big up with these people in the paint and be someone who is at least a force on defense. We were talking previously about you know how fast the game can be and how hard it is to make defensive decisions quickly, and you saw that a little bit in the preseason with Miles Bridges. And yes, I'm kind of trying to nitpick here, but I saw that and I like that. And hey, man, eight blocks in five games—that's nothing to sneeze at. I like that you said Miles Bridges because I think a lot of people were underwhelmed with his preseason because his shooting numbers weren't very good. But I'm not super concerned about that because it's a five-game sample and shooting numbers are super, you know, variant from from game to game. So I agree that I was really a big fan of what I saw on him, I saw from him on the defensive end of the court. I think he can be this team's best defender and can be its, like, go-to shutdown guy for anybody position two to four. Yeah, or at least threes and fours. Blocking shots, not unlike how the Chinese government uh, blocks <laughs> parts of the internet to blocks. restrict free speech. Oh yeah, we're gonna get canceled in China now. But let's do it. Bring bring on the bots. <laughs> we're gonna lose all our zero viewers from China. <laughs> my, my my first buzz buzzer buzzing candidate is we alluded to him earlier is PJ Washington. I as I am want to do convinced myself very quickly after the Hornets picked him that it was a good pick. And I still don't think I gave him enough credit for what, who he is going into this preseason. Like he would blew me away with how good he was right away, especially for a player who didn't play in the summer league or anything like that. You said PJ Washington, not George Washington, right? Who was rolling <laughs> over in his grave. PJ NBA has laid down. On PJ. Right. You're PJ Washington. Okay. Hey, yeah, I agree Paul with you. I Washington I love the way he responded in these preseason games. Like he did, he does everything. Like 
there's no weaknesses. That he, are you there? Yeah, I am. Okay. All right. There's no weaknesses. There's no, like, he got a couple of rebounds and, like, led the fast break. And it wasn't like a, and, you know, he had his head up. He made plays for others. He got a bunch of steals and blocks himself. I thought he had occasional issues rebounding, but for the most part, he was good. Um, and then, like you said earlier, the outside shooting, he can shoot it. He made half his threes in the preseason. I mean, that's that's amazing. And he can fill up the box score, too, kind of like what you were talking about, rebounds, even assists. I think the mm-hmm. uh, Detroit game, he got five, no, four assists uh, in the Detroit game. He is, you know, and he'll be able to have the time to grow as maybe possibly a starter in the, on this team. Yeah, I think – I don't know how he doesn't start. And I haven't – and James Borrego said nothing but super glowing things about him since the preseason started. And I don't know if James Borrego can talk himself out of starting him because I know it's just the preseason, but he started these games and he responded well as a starter in the preseason. Yeah, it'll uh, be a weird lineup if he is a starter, though. It'll, it'll be Yeah, like, it'll be like point guard and then like four players that are similar sized. Yeah, I think a, a a buzzer candidate, a buzzing player candidate for me was uh-huh. Zeller. Okay. I couldn't believe how well Zeller played <laughs> in the in the preseason. He there was a lot of the deer and headlights thing that I've talked about before, where he gets the ball at the three point line and he's <laughs> miles away from a defender because no one is afraid of his outside shot. Yeah, but he he was able to move the defense. He had a few good assists. Um, There's one highlight play where he threw an assist into, I believe, uh, Graham and Graham uh, laid mm. it down for a dunk. I, you know, yeah, I thought he had a good preseason. He he, the offense like ran through Cody Zeller yeah. at a lot, a lot of different points. And it wasn't and it wasn't like a bad thing. He was confident shooting the threes. They didn't go in, but I like that he shot them so confidently. Um the one that he made against Detroit was my favorite because Andre Drummond was just standing at the free throw line while Cody was holding the ball at the top of the key. And Cody was just like, okay, fine then. And he, and he made it. And if he can do that, that opens the floor up so much for the whole offense. You have to shoot him though. You have to shoot those shots. And a lot of the times he doesn't take those shots when they're open. And I guess that means he doesn't hit them in practice. I just don't know why you don't, uh, at this point in his career, why you wouldn't have confidence to do yeah. that. Because if you hit, you know, 32% of it, at least it takes the pressure off the inside of the paint. Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, especially and with how open, like, and I'm not, we're not asking him to shoot like five a game, but like just catch these pops or catch these trailers when the center is sagging off and just make them respect that outside shot. And all, you can only, you can do that in one one and a half attempts a game. Agreed. But they'll still have to guard it. Um, my second and final buzzing, buzzing candidate is Devontae Graham. I really liked what he did as a scorer. Um, I think he was the best passer on the team last season. So I think he'll be the best passer on the team again this season. But he was so aggressive and confident shooting the ball, especially on jump shots and three-pointers. And I really, really like to see that because he could shoot it in college. And he didn't show that in the NBA last year, but he was not bashful looking for his shots throughout the preseason. And the Hornets are going to need that from him. I agree with you. And he didn't get lost in the shuffle of all these new players and the the way that the team is going to play this year. I thought 
he afforded himself really well as far as preseason goes. Play with some swagger. Yeah, and and look, that's what this team needs. I think that oh, yeah. with him, with Bacon, and with Rogier, I think there's a there's a little bit of swagger on this team, you know. Uh, that swagger's entertaining. Do you got any more buzzing? I got one more buzzing. Who's your one more buzzing? Our man Michael Jordan. Um, Big, Michael the biggest Jordan. buzzer. Yeah, maybe the biggest buzzer, and possibly the only reason we have a professional uh, NBA team still. Yeah, he, that we're not in Seattle. Yeah, exactly. Um, he opened up or helped open up a medical clinic, the Novant Health Michael Jordan Family Medical Clinic. And the way that he conducted himself in this opening, um, you know, take away the fact that he, he uh, gave $7 million for this. Yes, medical, a lot of dollars. Yeah, clinic to open in Charlotte. Um, you know, he has done a lot, not only in his career, with being an amazing basketball player, not only with all the charities that he already gives to, but he giving back to specifically the Charlotte community, the North Carolina community, even with all that, this is what he says. This is a very emotional thing for me to be able to give back to a community that has supported me over the years. I can only do this in gratitude. I can never repay what you've actually given to me, but this is a start. Uh, you know, that's draft strong. draft all the seven foot white dudes you want to <laughs> as you know because he just seems like a really good guy and i'm so proud that we have an owner like him versus some of the other owners um, yeah in historically you know oh i know and then say what you want about the basketball acumen and how much how he manages the basketball side of things he's done great for the business and spending $7 million of your own money to open health clinics for underprivileged and low income parts of the city that, you know, your team resides in. Like, that's a huge, like, that's so generous. Like, I, there's, that can't be, there's no words to describe how cool that is. Yeah, and the that's way it's set only... up, too. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, just the way it's set up. Like, it's for, like, you know, it's low income areas and they have, and it's got programs there, or they're part of programs set up to, like, provide medical attention to people that don't have insurance or don't have enough insurance that would normally go broke or not have access to that stuff. It's, I'm so proud to have an owner at this yeah. point l- like him. Um, you know, this isn't just a buzzing candidate for the week, <laughs> a buzzing candidate for the season. You know? Ball, already the front runner for the the biggest buzz of the best buzz of the, of the 2019. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you could have paid Kemba, but hey, we won't even talk about that. <laughs> you know, wait, there are things more important than basketball. A hundred percent. And now You're we right. know why he didn't pay Kemba Walker, because he had to save his money for the, the no law <laughs> <laughs> Um Oh, man. Moving on to the, the wasn'ts, I have two of them, and I'll go through them kind of quick. The first one, to me, because these aren't, there's not a lot to say about Wayne Bacon, um, because he, like Miles Bridges, struggle with his shot which but to me that's a bigger deal for bacon because that's supposed to be his job it's supposed to be the one that scores that gets buckets on this team and he was not very good at doing that and if he's not good at doing that he's not good at anything i couldn't agree more and you know we talked about this in the in the previous pod in the kind of preview pod i you know as much as i want to be positive about Dwayne bacon this is a, a a G League player last year, you know. Um, I mm-hmm. want to get excited about him too, uh, but like you said, if if you're not hitting buckets, if you're not getting those points, then I don't know why you're on this team. 
Yeah, he I among a, a sea of bad defense that the Hornets play, he stuck out to me, and this could be my own bias of being really of being like one step close slower than everyone else on his rotations and his closeouts, and it just irked me, especially when he would go down and shoot these like ill-advised shots in the lane or throw the ball to the to the referees in mid play. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> and then, do you want to do your first one, or do you want me to go with my mother? Was uh, I'll, I'll do I'll do mine real quick, and it's the only one that I have, but it's a general thing, and it's connected to to bacon as well as just the defense. Mm-hmm. The defense in the preseason was horrible, and <laughs> you gotta you gotta lay that at, at the coach as well. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things um, in the Steve Clifford version of the Hornets is that they were good defensive teams even when they didn't have really the right pieces. So I think there's a lot of uh, scheme in that. Um, They made Andre Drummond look like, you know, Andre Drummond from five years ago. Yeah. Drummond Drummond abused the Hornets big men like they were human rights in China. It was just, (laughs) uh, it was just, I think that our defense, if you're, especially with young players, because you have to instill those values really early, um, I don't know how this spread them out offense is going to translate defensively, but it's got to. Yeah. Yeah. And they showed glimpses. Like I thought the defense was good in Memphis, but it was against Memphis, a Memphis team that wasn't using some of its best players. That was already going to be one of the worst teams in the league. So that's definitely something to, to keep, to keep your eye on as the season goes on. Um, And and my other uh, wasn't to keep with the defensive theme is Billy Ernan Gomez because he couldn't even get on the floor very much. Like he was behind Marvin Williams. Like Marvin Williams played backup center one game. And then like PJ Washington played backup center minutes. And Bismarck Biombo was the first backup center to get minutes. The center position is just, it's, oh, it's going to be good. the worst part. Yeah. It's going to be the worst <laughs> part of the team probably. Yeah. It's not great. And that is a, even more silly because if there's any team that has space for a center that can score and rebound, it's this one. Sure. And for whatever reason, he just Borrego does not trust him on the court. You know, I saw a um, really early 2020-2021 draft um, mm. lineup, and uh, they gave the Hornets the second pick. I don't know how they chose <laughs> that we were going to have the second pick, and they had us drafting a center and in my mind i was like man why a center you know and then you look at how they play and of course they need a, a dominant center just like probably 80 percent of the teams in the nba um it's going to be interesting to see how you can put together marvin williams uh hernan gomez and bismack bismack Biombo <laughs> as any type of you know uh competitive center rotation yeah i think what varego seemed to be going towards was is like the best option to put marvin or pj washington at center knowing that like you sacrifice a lot defensively and on the boards and just hope that they can stretch the the defense out on the other end enough to make the other coach pull their center and go small to match like that seems to be the best idea in my mind for sure, but a lot of these teams now have athletic big men who yeah. can play and you know, can oh. defend the small ball, get out to the three-point line. 
I think it's yeah, it's the least bad of several bad options. <laughs> sure, sure, which may be a running theme for this season. I think that will be a running theme <laughs> for this season for the season, which starts on Wednesday, and I'm super excited about it. Yeah, yeah, the Hornet season starts on Wednesday. The actual oh, yeah. NBA season, yeah, the NBA Tuesday. On... Yeah, the. Do you think games. you'll? St- yeah, do you think you'll stay up for the Lakers uh, Clippers game? I'll have it on. I'll watch it. I don't. It, they usually end at what? Is that one start at ten? Ten thirty, I think. Ten thirty. So I'll probably yeah. watch most of it, and then it'll end up being like what I have on TV when I end up falling asleep. Right. So that's how that goes. Um, I love that the Hornets play the Bulls at home for their first game. Because I think it's going to get a lot of casual fans. Because there's a very good chance they beat the Bulls. Because the Bulls are also bad. And I feel like they're going to get a lot of people like, are we going to do this? Is this team good? And then they can maybe even steal one like in their second game hosting the Timberwolves. And go go on their West Coast trip 2-0. and And then everybody's going to be like, oh, look at this. Cinderella team. And then we'll get absolutely floored by the Clippers and the Lakers on back-to-back nights. And just kill yeah. everybody's hope. All right, so I'm a little bit up on the Bulls. I think that they have a lot of interesting players. They took Kobe White, who is someone that I wanted us to draft um, in the last draft. So I'm I'm going to this game. I'll be there at the Hive at the Hive, and uh, <laughs> I'm I'm really excited oh, to go see. I would love to see them them win the game, but mm-hmm. you know I I like Chicago, and I think Minnesota, especially the Big Cat. It, it, it'll just be interesting to see how they react to those two games. Like you said, they might be able to steal wins, but if they do steal wins, they're going to be a better team than I think they're going to be. Yeah. And it's just more that I think the bull, the bulls, I think are in that tier of Eastern conference teams that could just out competent other teams to the eighth seed. And then the Timberwolves are in that similar situation on a, in a better Western conference. And, you know, weird stuff happens in the first couple of weeks of, the, of any professional sports season, especially with sure. the Hornets being at home. So there's that's I think they would be upsets. I don't think they'd be favored over either of those teams, but I think they could do it, which I think would be very unfair to themselves because it's going to look a lot worse when they have to play the both L.A. teams, the Kings and then the Warriors in four straight games on the road. Yeah, so let's take those five games, all the games in October yeah, that Sacramento. count. Yeah. yeah, what what do you think their record will be going into Golden State on November second? One and four. I that's exactly my prediction as well. <laughs> I'd love to you know to have a hot take and say four and one or something like that. <laughs> um, but I think that they they might get one from Minnesota, um, or hopefully they'll do it while I'm in the house in Chicago on Wednesday, me and the 17 other people who will be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and the other people that were given tickets by their workplace. Right. <laughs> um, I think the most likely situ- scenario is they steal one of those two home games and then most likely lose all three. Envision a scenario where they go better than two and three in the first five games of the season. So if you're not looking for word, so we agree that they'll go one and four. If, if, we allow them those losses. What would you like to see from the team if it's not a win? Do you do you think that there's some kind of emotional win they could have? <laughs> um, you know what I mean. That like, do, do you? Yeah. Can I you think... give me a a narrative for us to watch in those first five games? So what I think the Hornets are going to do a lot this year, and this is the mark of a lot of bad teams, is they're going to play most games even for like forty one minutes. 
And then at some point at any different time during the game, there'll be like a seven minute stretch where they get outscored like 20 to six. And then they'll lose by like nine. And I think if they lose games in that fashion, it's good because they're just, they need to find consistency and it means they're playing well for the most part. If they're getting blown out from the start, that's when it becomes an issue. Like there, there might not be much here. I I agree with you. I I wonder. I I, I see. I think that they could be competitive by halftime, and then that th- third quarter just get run over, and then you get the little <laughs> like second uh, breath in the fourth quarter that makes yeah. it not a twenty point loss. You know, that mm-hmm. makes it a nine point loss or something. Yeah, where the other teams like they let their guard down because they've they feel they've sealed the win. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of my what biggest I'm thing is that you you can't lose hope. You can't lose hope. Yeah, especially in the first week of the season because it's <laughs> no, I just need an to see the game season. Yeah, I want it, I want them to play well for. I think you get moral victories if they play well for extended stretches and have, you know, shorter stretches do them in, as opposed to the opposite where they play really poor for extended stretches and only have very very brief flashes of competence. Well, Jonathan, no matter what happens, you can listen to it and read about it at The Hive. <laughs> the Hive. Thanks, guys, <laughs> for listening. We will talk to you next week with real basketball to talk about. Maybe two weeks. Let's do it, NBA. We'll be back at sometime soon to talk about Hornets basketball. See you guys later. Free Hong Kong.